welcome Pasi. We really appreciate you. Let's clap for him as he comes. Buona Sifiwe. Um, I am humbled and honored. Asante. Um, I am honored to, to be serving you guys. And just like what we do or what we usually do, I want you to turn to the person next to you and just smile at them. ICC is about connecting people to God and to each other, challenging believers to Christ-likeness as we change the world. I have around three announcements. Um, yesterday I was in uh, Kikuyu. Um, I went to visit the bridges. Bridge, for those who are new, for those who don't know, it's a program for those who have just cleared high school and they are in transition into the next phase, going to university, and we, we equip them with the necessary skills for the next level, and they send their greetings. They are still at the camp, and they will come back today. The second thing is I, I want to apologize for the media. We had a faulty cable that we couldn't project the songs. And the other thing is we also haven't managed to upload our sermon, our sermons. And the reason is we have been having a challenge with the card that we usually pay, but we are still sorting. We are still sorting. And I thank God that this series that we've been doing has opened doors for us. Like two churches have contacted me and they would want me to go and just share there's an organization that came and I, I met with that person on Thursday and she was telling me, I want you to come. I want you to come and just share about this trend that is affecting each and every person in our generation today. Is David Muchira in? David Muchira. Okay, it's okay. I won't mention that. Today marks the last someone on the someone series typing and... My text, my title, sorry, my title is still The Other Side, Part 3. The first time I spoke about the introduction, I spoke about the highlight reel, where we post our highlights there. And then I spoke about the social currency, where in social media we are the ones who are the products. So we attribute value to something when we see its worth. And in social media terms, it's trans translated into likes and shares. And then I remember the other time, the, the, the next time we met, I spoke about us missing our place in time. We spend so much on social media that we miss out on time. Yet God has called us to number our days because we are in this world for a very short time. And then I also spoke about something called FOMO, fear of missing out. And many of our phone habits are birthed from form of fear of missing out. We don't want to, meet a to miss a potential event or something that is happening. We want to be people who are always on the know. We want to know what is happening. And today I want us to go to another level and I'll give us two points. This Friday, this past Friday, I was watching a, a, a short documentary of a, a lady called Joy. She's 21 years old and she had, she had never been to social media, 21 years of age. 
it's on BBC. You can go and and YouTube it. Um, she she had never been on social media because she learned when she was young that social media is something that makes people become fake, according to the documentary that I watched, because no one is posting their real life stories. And then she met her friend who spoke to her and gave her a notion that in social media you will be able to connect, you will make connections with people from various spheres of influence. And then she said, let me try this thing. And then she went, she opened her account, an Instagram account. There's, a, there's an analyst and another friend who helped her, a digital analyst who helped her to, to open the, the account. And uh, as she opened, she first put her best photo and she got five likes. And she was like, wow, this thing is real. <laughs> In other words, she wanted, her sense of identity was as a result of the likes that she was getting. And then on the second day, she was, she was speaking on, 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 on video, on, on a phone, and she was saying that she, she used to wake up and meditate, she used to go to the gym, and her second, her second day was different. She stopped going to the gym, but she would wake up and see if the likes have gone up. And then on the third day, she saw at least some people had followed her. On the third day, she said that she had to do some makeup. She had to look good. And then she said that this thing is so stressing. This is the third day. She said that my day three was like <laughs> day 3,000 because this thing is stressing me and it's affecting my, my, my self-esteem. My self-esteem is becoming low and in that documentary, there's a psychologist from Daystar University and she said that when you post something and you get likes, your dopamine levels, dopamine is the feel-good hormone in your body. Your dopamine makes you want to keep on posting, keep on posting. And... Uh, and she, she, now this lady called Joey, she spoke about comparison and she spoke about what, I, what I've just said about low self-esteem. And she said, I think this thing is not for me because it's making me not to live my life. An interesting thing is we sleep next to our phones. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm one of them. We use our phones as an alarm system that will wake us up in the morning. And when we wake up in the morning, we are in a half-conscious state of sleep inertia before our groggy eyes, and you try to squint or to squeeze yourself so that you can see who has texted you, who has posted about so-and-so, and what event is going to happen. There's a survey that was done to 8,000 Christians. These are born-again Christians about the social media routines. And in the survey, it is said that 54%, they admitted checking their phone upon waking up. 54% out of 8,000, this is about 4,400 people, they admitted. And then when they were further asked about checking social media before or after their spiritual disciplines, this is the quiet time and you just reading your Bible and praying, 
in the morning and 73% of the 8,000 said they check social media, they do everything on the social media and then now they do their, their, their devotion and their Bible study. I want to do the same, same survey with us. <laughs> How many of us, when you wake up, you first check your phone, social media, you are ETC, you hit the like button, uh, my prayer is that we are all going to heaven. Um, I, I, can see, I can see even the ones who are not raising their hands. I can tell you your, with your facial and your facial expression and your body language. And how many of us first go pray, hey God, thank you, this is a new day. You have made it. I have made it by your grace. And then now you go to the social media. Hey, Brayo, sour. When una pray Kwanzaa, you spend time with God and <laughs> that's where you slide into uh, another person's DM. Come to me a scripture, can you mesoma? Yeah. Um, and the thing about social media is that we stay up late every night. We regret it in the morning and then we repeat the cycle. <laughs> Our phones are so addictive nowadays that we seek after it every morning. This small thing, everything has been compressed into our phones. Another statistics says that unlike compulsive drug abusers, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram and, and social media, the addicts, they have the ability to control their behavior. Now these are addicts of the, the social media but they don't have the motivation to control this behavior because they don't see the consequences to be that severe. We don't see the consequences of being on our phones to be something severe, but for someone who is taking drugs, we see the, the severe, severity of, of them being involved and, and being, being, being drug addicts. And the, the thing is, the more addicted we become, the more prone you are to depression, the more prone you are to anxiety and less you are to concentrate at work, at school, and to sleep at night. This is where you find some people are writing team insomnia. <laughs> and you have a team. <laughs> Remember, we stay up late in the morning, we wake up early, we regret, and we still repeat. And this problem is not a psychological problem because we want, we, we now speak about depression, we speak about anxiety and I remember in the second, in the first session I spoke about depression is where you feel worthless, you feel no one loves you, you feel life has no meaning in your life and anxiety is, you, you feel, you feel I'm trying to use the same word to describe the same word. You feel anxious for something that hasn't happened. It stops you from being who God has called you to be. But this thing is not a psychological issue as a Christian, but it's something that affects our eternity. The problem is we check on psychology and not eternity, and that should be our deepest concern. One of the questions that I have is, what are distractions? 
what are distractions and a distraction is anything that preoccupies our attention distraction is something that prevents someone from concentrating on something else it is like a hindrance or an obstruction it is something that is like a new amusement something that amuses you currently it can be something like persistent worry something like anxiety something like vain aspiration you you're, you're aspiring on something that is not going to even happen and another person describes de- defines uh, distractions as something that diverts our hearts our hearts our thinking our feeling our minds our will from what is significant there's a philosopher called Douglas Gruthius he says that we live in a very loquacious noisy distracted culture it's difficult to serve god with our heart soul strength and mind when we are diverted and distracted and we are multitasking everything that's why you find young people we you have our 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 laptops here where for those who are working your laptop or your desktop and you have your phone next to the table you have maybe you have ile simu ya mpesa ile ingine and you have your earphones on there's music there's another screen and it's like you're multitasking you're trying to be like a like a computer you're trying to do this when your phone beeps you forget what you're doing you go to this other side and we become distracted and distraction is something that is inevitable someone say that our spiritual condition nowadays is that of the spiritual add something about distractions when they are unchecked it blinds our souls it blinds our minds it blinds our emotions from god because of the worldly worries in the highlight reel i mentioned that you will see someone post their 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 victories their achievements you see people like sijui kama bado ako live people like Nicki Minaj and and Kanye West sijika bado yuko you you see them post their highlights and you you're there <laughs> you're struggling to even get school fees the highlight reel people post their victories but you you you're there and our anxieties and and pursuits of wealth we become self-centered because of the unchecked distractions and these self-centered concerns they suffocate the soul by snatching away seeds of truth and choking off the fruit of the gospel and rendering its hope irrelevant i want us to turn to the book of mark chapter 4 so that i explain this and mark chapter 4 is an interesting passage in the bible and jesus is giving a parable a parable is basically jesus bringing the familiar to explain the spiritual jesus was using parable so that he will bring a spiritual spiritual thing so that the the the, the human beings will be able to understand and their minds will be transformed mark chapter 4 the parable of the sower the bible says again jesus began to teach by the lake the crowd the crowd had that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out of on the lake while the people were along the shore at the water's edge he taught them many things by parable and in his teaching said listen a farmer went out to sow his seed 
as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Verse 7, other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Isn't it amazing that Jesus is speaking about someone sowing the word of God, speaking the word of God, and then Satan comes and takes this word of God. And now when we are enthused, we are so much on, on social media, we actually just come to church as a formality. We come to church with our minds still on social media. We come to church because we are struggling to divorce, to divorce the, 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 the setting of being in a church and the setting being on the internet. In fact, someone say that Facebook is like the eighth continent because it connects billions of people. And when, when, when the word of God is spoken now into us, it takes no root. And we come here and we say amen, we say I receive when we need or, or Sly leads the worship. We cry and we say God I know that you have great plans for me. I know that you have a, a, a purpose and things not to harm me but for my future. And when we leave the four walls we actually live life the way we were before. Because the word that was sowed in us has been choked. We have no root. The book of Colossians says that we should be rooted in Christ. Christ is the word. So if you're rooted in Christ, if you're rooted in the word, you will actually have root and you will bear fruit. But many of us will not bear fruit because of what we usually do. I hope it's making sense to us. We live in a culture whereby we don't want to go through the process. We want instant gratification. You see, when the word of God is sown in us, for, for a fruit to come, the root has to stay in the ground. You have to be grounded in the word. You have to spend time in the word because the word actually waters you with the truth. The word waters you the way a plant needs, needs sunlight and, and water and, and, and all the necessary requirements for it to grow so that it will provide fruit. Unfortunately, we want instant gratification. In the past, heroes were being made because of time. Time. Time-shaped heroes. Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison. But nowadays, our heroes of today are made by photos and pictures where you post, you, you, you put your, your, your behind, and then you put a Bible scripture. That is the culture that we live in today, and, and people call you a hero. We want instant gratification. We are like a microwave generation. People like David said, I waited on the Lord. God will take you through a process, but social media has taught us to be people who want, give me now, 
give me now. And that's why it's choking the word of God. When God says he is going to do a new thing, do you know that when God actually speaks now, his now can be tomorrow from that time that he spoke it. It can be next year, it can be 40 years, 30 years, 20 years. And 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 it's not about the new thing that God is doing, but it's about the journey. It's about the process, what God is actually teaching you. But social media, because we come it chokes the word of God. When you have no root, there is no fruit. Unchecked distractions close off our communion with God. Unchecked distractions close off our communion with God. Luke chapter 10 verse 38 to 42. The Bible says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their, on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the, all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. She was distracted by many things. Have you ever been on YouTube? Let's say, for example, you want to watch, um, you want to watch, let me be, let me be real. You want to watch Kim Kardashian. I, I, I think the new CG episode is coming up. Sindo? Okay, so, eh? Niliona, niliona msali post. And, Mimi, I saw someone post. By the way, me, si jawai watch akina Kardashians. Najua vile wanaka, but si jawai wa watch. Naona watu wana wa watch, naona watu wana wa watch. Aina shida. So, I've forgotten what I was saying. Have you ever gone to YouTube and you want to watch something? but you didn't watch that thing, and you're like three hours later. Nani ashaiko hapo? Eh, ase, nginawana somwa Bible. Mko sawa, endeleni hivo by the way. We are coming, we are coming. We are coming. And as in, we, we get so distracted by many things to the point that we miss out our communion with God. Could it be that many Christians fail to distinguish the voice of God because of the distractions. Could it be that we don't study the word? Ama when we want to study, apo ndo siju mpesa inaingia, apo ndo unakumbuka, wow, 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 manze siku text mato, apo ndo unakumbuka, ay, ja, 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 manze niliko nafaku mitna so and so, and you forget, because you are distracted by many, many things. We get so caught up on doing things that we miss out on God's voice. We fail to listen to his voice by not sitting at his feet. And that's why we feel God is so distant. God is so distant, yet God himself is reaching out to us. Each and every other day, he is reaching out to us. Remember when Adam and Eve fell, God reached out to them as a loving father. But them, they shut God away. And the same 
the same with with us today in regards to social media we shut out god by the distractions i'm i'm coming i'm coming i'm building i'm building on 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 this us being born into the internet i remember mentioning about the baby boomers the generation y who were born between 19 i can't remember up to 198 ah 1984 to 1990 1995 and then 1995 to 2013 if i'm not wrong generation y and generation z we were birthed into this and if we fail as christians to manage this life's distractions we will lose our agency and forget how to walk with god nowadays it's so easy to tweet than to pray it's so easy to post something than to pray yet prayer is something that we need us being born into the internet some of us were born and and i think the first things that you see on in front of your screen is the f word you see the the now say mefupisho inakuwa tf inakuwa si ndio ama ni wtf unajua inaenda sijui hata itafikaje and and nowadays christians people who are professing christ as their personal lord and savior You read the Bible but you're still cursing. You use the S word just because the quote is nice does that mean that you have to post it? I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm coming. The problem is we fail to see these consequences. We use digital distractions to keep work away and we use the distractions to keep us away from people. We think that we are connected yet we are not connected. on instagram we escape from vocational pressures and procrastinate around hard things i have been doing a project in in school and sometimes i spend my time on social media manzi hata sijui na check nini and deadline the deadline was the deadline was last week but one on monday and i passed the deadline as in cause cause of just entering unaingia kwa hao uko social media uko uko facebook una make sure unalalaka uko updated nikawe ndo mwenye social media una take report ya kila kitu so ukilala ukiamka eh jana kuliendaje wase walifanya nini nani amepost hii what is happening i cannot miss out we 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 escape from these pressures um tough conversations people will ask you hard questions but we run away from the tough conversations ushaika ushai 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 na laundry okay laundry ngoza kufua zime pile up manze unafua tano unaenda unaka social media three days alafu unakuja unaosha kidogo christine unanipata una relate sawa isamo ni yetu si wawili and school projects and the chores sasa zingine una postpone kuosha vyombo cause tu uko instagram nelson si ndio yeah kuosha vyombo but i think ukifika ile place au uogi juko social media hapo inakuwa mbaya sana Psychologists say that an average student spends 20% of their time on social media doing things that are unrelated to class. This is in school. 20% ness. Leo leo nitaoita majina. And it's so it's so funny 
that when you have your phone away that means you're engaged doing something else but when you have your phone on the table you are in a meeting and you have your phone at the table do you know that means that you are engaged for a moment but the person that's important is the person that is on the phone if you hear just a beep immediately you enter on the phone ni kweli okay wow if you have your phone in your hand and you're responding you're responding to texts there is there there is dismissiveness because you have divided attention which is a typical expression of disdain manzi hizi siku wasembele ya boss manzi unaongea anakuongelesha but wako kwa simu that means he's not important and i want you to think about now god god is speaking but you're distracted i want you to try be in the shoes of god someone is talking to you about things that will prosper you but you actually busy like what we read there's a guy called blaze pascal we use distractions to keep thoughts of eternity away blaze pascal says human appetite for distraction is high on every age because they give us an easy escape from the silence and solitude whereby we become acquainted with our finitude our inescapable mortality and the distance of god from all our desires hopes and pleasures again pascal says i have discovered that all the unhappiness of men arises from one single fact that they cannot stay quietly in their own chamber we find it so difficult to turn off the phone to turn off the tv to just sit still to just look at the ceiling and count the nails and see how beautiful the house was constructed we find it like we are in a in a solitary confinement um it, it, it's it's so hard because we love noise so much we love noise so much we love noise so much matthew chapter 6 sorry mark chapter 6 verse 31 says come with me to a solitary place to a place that you can reflect to a place that you can find rest and could it be that many of us are not finding rest because they are not going to a quiet place ushesikia msana sema manzi kila saa amechoka kwani unalala ukikimbia Manzi kila saa msia amechoka. Msia amechoka. Alafu ukiangalia kwa online kila saa. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 17 says in quietness and trust is your strength. In quietness and trust is your strength. Isaiah 32:17 says that you will be in a in, in a place of quietness and confidence will rise forever. Isaiah 32:17 I believe that we were given some some papers and I want us to turn there and just do a small exercise My prayer is that these questions will help us to think they will help us to think and number one, I just want you to answer if you haven't received any paper just lift up your hand and you will get um these are diagnostic questions number one is Does your smartphone habits expose an underlying addiction to untimely amusements? 
You don't have to answer me. Number two, does your smartphone habits reveal a compulsive desire to be seen and affirmed? Does your smartphone habits distract you from genuine communion with God? Does your smartphone habits provide an easy ex- escape from sober thinking about death, the return of Christ and eternal realities? Does your smartphone habits preoccupy you with the pursuit of worldly success, instant gratification? Does your smartphone habits mute the sporadic leading of God's spirit in your life? Does your smartphone habits preoccupy you with dating and romance? I think hapa tuna relate. Eh unaambaka kuna msame smile. Retweet. Um does your smartphone habits build up Christians in your local church, in other places that you go, your place of work, in school? Does your smartphone habits center on what is necessary to you? and beneficial to other people does your smartphone habits disengage you from the needs of neighbors god has placed right in front of you do these habits help you from being distracted on purpose to being less ah sorry does your smartphone habits disengage you i i think we've said that um something about these questions is that they will help you from being distracted because distraction is inevitable it is inevitable but you can it can help you from being distracted on purpose to being less and less distracted with now an eternal purpose these questions i believe they touch on every area which will help you and i to make healthy changes my second point the first one was about we are addicted to distractions and my second point is the secret vices and i won't talk much on this nowadays we find that relationships have been reduced to a personal score relationships have been reduced to a personal score it's like in a competitive game there's a there's an app in in canada called ashley madison this app targets married men and women it's about putting them together and and their their tagline is life is short have an affair in as much as you're chuckling or want to laugh it's something that is serious it's something that is happening and this is where people submit their email addresses and and you become a member and you interact with others in 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 secret adulterous rendezvous you interact and and you share your sexual fantasies and millions of people in Canada actually wrote their names and they used their credit cards to swipe they used their emails and home addresses and even wrote the things that they would aspire to do something interesting about this <laughs> hackers broke into that site <laughs> in 2015 after this site was closed in 2015 they discovered that no information had been deleted permanently from the database and guess what they did they leaked the names publicly jesus eh afa ndo watu wanajua jesus ana ana save i want you to think people were leaving work to just go and see my husband my wife people who were newly married the husband the wife 
their email address. And I remember reading the, the, from the article that I was reading, it was saying that one wife left her workplace and rushed to the house. And the husband was like, hmm, you're home early. And the wife said, you know that the names have been leaked. And he's like, hmm, names? Because remember, it was said that it was deleted. The wife said, I saw your email address. And the names of people that were found there, their military personnel, prominent celebrities, pastors, ministry leaders, this thing is so bad. And as a result, thousands committed suicide. Thousands committed suicide. Ashley Madison was actually a scam to target naive men and women. There were 32 million profiles. Out of the 32 million profiles, only 12 million were real men and women. It's like accounts were created. So, let me build on that. When data was studied, uh, the, the tabulation said that 20.3 million women to a ratio of 1,500 women. That is like 13,000 men to one woman. So actually, men were missing out. <laughs> Majority of men weren't having affairs, but rather paying for a fantasy. And this is the same thing that pornography is actually doing. And technology, social media does this. Nowadays, we have porn on our phones. You can just get... <laughs> I saw a meme when Safaricom is trying to, to convince you to buy 2GB data for two minutes and it's like an old man and a pretty fine young lady. <laughs> so, <laughs> 2GB for two minutes and you pay, <laughs> you pay 20 bob. And you see nowadays we can, get, we, we can get data and we can do whatever thing we want to do. Secret vices. It makes us think that we can handle, now this is technology and social media, it makes us think that we can indulge in anonymous vices without any future consequences. It shows you that there are no consequences. Remember the, the, the statement I gave on, on social media, but anonymity is where sin flourishes. This is where the most per pervasive lies are found in the digital age. Nowadays, our fingertip clicks reveal the dark motives of our hearts and every sin. Every double tap and every click, the Lord says, you will account for it. Whatever is done in the darkness will be exposed in the light. Remember those guys of Ashley Madison. They were exposed. Some committed suicide because they couldn't even break the information. They couldn't even speak. Smartphones make sexual sin more discreet, giving it space to fester behind a veil of privacy. When hookup cultures meet dating apps, sex becomes a widely available commodity. That's why we talk online, and when we meet, we meet for sex. Because it's so hard to talk to the person that you are with. Flatting apps, there's an app called Tinder. It allows a man to swipe on a woman's image to tell her how she's attractive, and if the woman replies, they too can open a dialogue 
and potentially meet in person. I'm not saying that it's 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 something that God cannot use because there the, the, there are some people that have met on Tinder and their relationships flourished. But remember the the someone is the other side. And smartphones make porn easier to find. Eight, the the 8000 Christians I spoke about they confessed that porn watching is something that they are addicted to more than 15% of the 8000 were over the age of 60 more than 20% were at the age of 50s 25% of men were in their 40s 30% were in their 30s and nearly 50% were between 18 and 29 years so you see, this is something that is affecting each and every person. In women, 10% were at the age of 18 to 29 years. And 5% of the women were in their 30s. This is a spiritual epidemic and it's costing a whole generation of young Christians. Yes, you come to church and profess Christ. You come to church and say, praise the Lord. You may even come to church and stand in this podium and speak words of encouragement to someone. But there's something that is eating you. I will explain on that. Spiritual epidemic. This is a spiritual epidemic and it's costing a whole generation of young Christians their joy in Christ and corroding young souls by the acid of unchecked lust. Smartphone vices capitalize on our endless curiosities. A research says that in Japan, the curiosities of young people to experiment with to experiment with sex, they are pacified by sexting and porn. There's another statistics that was saying that the number of the, the number of um, children or young people who have who ha, who are pregnant is as a result of social media because they want to experiment or they want to do that which they have seen. There's a guy called Brad Little John. He says, rather than stoking the flames of lust to create testosterone-driven sex monsters, pornography seems, if anything, to emasculate its users. It renders them passive and impotent. Impotent, you're not able to fu function. And then he continues to say, and I mean impotent, here in a clinical as well as metaphorical sense, no symptom of compulsive pornography use seems to be widespread as complaints of erectile dysfunction and other sexual disorders. Many porn addicts seem to remain virgins for longer than their peers. They struggle to form meaningful relationships with the opposite sex or develop much enthusiasm for sexual activity. i let that sink in. And millions of young people are losing their capacity for human intimacy as they give themselves to this bondage. It's so sad that we find that young people nowadays don't even want to be in a relationship. From the biblical perspective is that God sees all. God sees the digital pornography. He sees it as something that is catastrophic, catastrophic to our souls, not only because it degrades its users, but also because it exposes the invisible 
curiosities, idols, and desires of our hearts. Nothing can be hidden from God. The Bible says that if you look at a woman lustfully, you have already committed adultery. That's why Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better to use one eye than your whole body thrown in hell. And if your scrolling hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better to lose the capacity to scroll for pornography than have your whole body thrown in hell. There's a guy by the name Sinclair Ferguson. He said, it is better to enter heaven having decided to never use the internet again rather than going to hell clicking on everything you desire. I really wanted to enter into a moment where Winnie was prophesying and she was speaking about the anointing. The anointing is so powerful that it is able to break the yoke and release the burden. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27 speaks about that. That God will not accept, he will not allow the people to be in bondage anymore. He will not allow the people to be in bondage anymore. If, if you can just go briefly to, uh, I have it, I have it. The Bible says in Isaiah 10, 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing is so powerful that is able to break any yoke. It is able to break anything that the person has been involved in. In the book of Isaiah, the children of Israel were under the Assyrians. And the Assyrians were people who were so bad. The people of, 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 of the Assyrians, they would impel you on a post and leave you to die in the scorching sun. The Assyrians would actually put skeletons so that they would instill fear on you. And during those days, the children of Israel, they, they would practice farming and they will have an ox, an ox or, or a cow or a bull and, and the bull will, will have a yoke in it when it's young and when, when, the, when the yoke was in it, it, grow, it grew knowing that it was that environment that it will help him to be that which it's called to be and in the social media we have been birthed into the social media and we start things, we start doing things when we are enjoying, we see things things are good, we, we, we we go into the secret vices and we are happy about them. And then when the yoke grows, it's like it's growing tighter because the yoke was something that was constant. The animal grew. And when you continue to grow in the secret vices, when you continue to grow, it's like the yoke is just waiting to click and it becomes a burden. When it becomes a burden, the Assyrians had made the children of Israel a burden. Or the children of Israel, yes, they had imposed something on them. And then this is why God was saying, I will not let my children suffer 
because my anointing is so powerful my anointing is so powerful because it is able to release it is able to break the yoke it is able to release my people from pornography there is nothing it is able to release my people from the from the secret vices it is able to release because my anointing nothing can stop my anointing whatever secret vices my people are in he is saying that i am able to break i have been praying and one of the things that i am trusting god is i am trusting god we will come to that place that the yoke will be broken and i have spoken to quite a number of leaders i want us to i i will be going i i will be going to share with them today in the leaders meeting in, in the afternoon and i am sharing about what god wants to do in terms of his anointing my people have been stuck for so long and it's time that they are released from this yoke and jesus said that my yoke is light my burden is light i am trusting god that god willing either 30th june or another day we are going to have a great and mighty move of god where people are going to be released people are going to be different people are going to experience the goodness of god because of his anointing and he says that his hand is over front runners for such a time as this let us bow down our heads even as we come to the end you want to give your life to jesus just lift up your hand just lift up your hand you want to give your life to jesus you're saying jesus i want to be made new just raise your hand just lift up your hand so that i can see you want to rededicate your life to jesus maybe you'd fallen and you're saying i'm coming back just raise your hand thank you just raise it and put it down thank you thank you i want you to be intentional this time god is going to do it for you but you have a role to play just say lord jesus i'm coming back to you thank you for you will take me back quietly let's all rise to our feet even as we come to the end my prayer for each and every person called by the name of i front runner is that we will make it to heaven my prayer is that we will be delivered now that we have an insight because with information or with knowledge comes healing you're able to break out and let me just say the truth you are stepping out of this place and you are stepping into a place of testing but how will you win this battle with the word of god father i thank you even as we leave this place we are not leaving this place the way we came thank you father god you have given us a new name we are leaving this place changed we are leaving this place knowing that god you have done it for us help us to walk victorious because we are your children and now may the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god amen god bless you guys do have an amazing week